Grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Timmy did not want to drop his money into the offering plate on church on Sunday. So his mother tried to figure a creative way of teaching him a little about stewardship. She said to him, you don't want that money, honey. She whispered in her ear, quick, drop it in the plate. It's tainted. Well, the boy was horrified, and certainly that's exactly what he did, is he dropped that money right away in the plate. A few seconds later, he whispered to his mother, Mommy, why was the money tainted? Was it dirty? Oh, no, dear, the mother says. It's not really dirty, but it just taint yours, and it taint mine. It's God's. I know that was a terrible joke. But when you talk about stewardship, you always do need to have as much help as possible. And a joke is one way of doing it. Yes, I want to talk about stewardship, and I'm going to speak about it very briefly. It is that month, November. It is Pledge Sunday coming up. And, and I didn't advertise the fact that we're going to leave the box this year right here. And between now and the end of December, you can come up any time of the week or worship or what have you and just drop it in there and your time and talent card is going to be placed in the back. But I really need to be very honest and very frank with you. Our church has responded miserably to secret pledges or to silent pledges and to our stewardship program actually for the last couple of years. And I do commend the Board of Stewardship because they're always every year trying to tweak the program to try to bring about a little more involvement from the congregation. They're persistent, but to no avail. At our most recent Board of Directors meeting, there was a very big concern amongst the Board of Directors that the church and the membership is not more involved in this. But I want you to lay your, restless, your, your worries aside, your concerns aside this moment. Because Christian stewardship happens in spite of any program that doesn't work in any and every Christian congregation. If you're a Christian, you're a steward of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to kind of chop this up. This is uh, this page. Um, being a Christian steward isn't about money. It's about the entire well-being of the Christian himself or herself. And now that I have your attention that it's not about money, it can be. It's about everything that we have. Now, there is in every church a segment, not of the congregation, but a segment in the policy makings of the church that we would say lean more on the temporal side, more on the earthly side. You know, for example, paying bills, uh, maintenance of the facility, those are things that have to be done. But never opposite or outside of the realm of using our spiritual eyes as Christians and members of this congregation. So Christian stewardship is to respond in taking care of God's gifts that he has blessed each one of us with. 
Okay. How are you doing with those gifts? How are you doing individually? And how are we doing as a congregation with those gifts? Kind of as an outsider, I think we're doing okay here at Zion with those gifts. And in our own lives, we can obviously and always do so much better. I've got another interesting kind of statistic you may be familiar with, but in evaluating the stewardship of our congregation, we realized and came to the truth that 20% of the people do all the work in the church. Again, fret not. Fret not, that can be typical. Yet, at the same time, it's important to realize that every Christian congregation, Lutheran or otherwise, is different. We have our own identity as Lutheran Christians, as members of Zion Lutheran in San Luis Obispo. There are some congregations where the, the statistic is just the opposite. 80% of the people are using their time and talents. Many people respond to stewardship programs. Many people, many parishes are just overflowing literally with money. But one thing I, I, I challenge you to do is to not look outside our parish and compare this church with that church. And I say that again, not because there's, there wouldn't be good ideas that we could utilize, but we have our own identity and we do need to work through some issues at times. If I may share with you a short story about a congregation I was pastor at to share with you the difference of parishes. It was my second call to Roseville, and we in Roseville, when I took the call, we were in a strip mall, and we had less than 30 people on a Sunday. And it was funny because the people, the first thing they wanted to do is buy property and build a church. And I'm just kind of chuckling underneath my breath and kind of going, well, you can't do it with the savings you got, and you, you gotta have the church grow. Well, if you know the area of Roseville, Placer County, it was growing like gangbusters. People from the Bay Area were retiring into that area. And that you couldn't stop people coming into church. So we moved from one strip mall to a lot larger strip mall. And as that one was filling up, the church decided we got to buy property. And then they had the proceeds to do it and bought a beautiful piece of land right next to a, a, a big park. <laughs> that was the time. I, it was time for me to leave. I'm not a church builder physically. So I went to Mammoth Lakes. Well, I was told by somebody before I left, he says, Pastor, you've got to really do something wrong in order to make that church stop growing. And they were true. That's the kind of difference it was in that, in that vicinity. So my point is, is to this day, that church they built 10, 15 years ago, they're selling it because they bought an industrial park and continue to grow out and burst out the seams. Churches, locations, geographics, all play a part in a local congregation. And numbers from one parish to the next don't matter. The same is true, my friends, hold tight. It's true with finances as well. 
If a congregation is in financial crisis, what does that mean? Think about it for yourself. What does that mean? It means different things to different congregations. For example, if we were in a financial crisis, it would mean that our savings would go from here to here. But when I was in Mammoth Lakes, we had to sell our copy machine to make ends meet. Things change and parishes are different. Here's my point. Forgive me for all of the storytelling. My point is, is that regardless of our involvement in a stewardship program, it doesn't change one iota what your relationship is with God. He died in Christ once and for all for your sins and for your pastor's sins. You cannot make God love you any more than he does this very moment. Yeah, stewardship is important. Don't get me wrong, and I'll talk a little more about it. But see, whether it's a um, sealed pledge, time and talents, whatever it is, my friends, those are simply tools for each one of us to have before us so that we can be reminded of what our Lord God has done for us through Jesus Christ. That he's redeemed us. That I'm a redeemed sinner through the blood of the Lamb of Christ. And yes, even if we didn't have a stewardship program, stewardship would abound simply because of the work of Jesus and his love for us and in response, our love then for him. Our second lesson this morning, uh, Paul's second letter to the church at Thessalonica is, I think, an amazing stewardship uh, text. If you open up to page 9 in your, in your bulletin, and at that epistle lesson, and go down to verse 13, and, and keep your hand there as, uh, as we continue, it says, Paul writes, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through the sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as Paul spoke those words to the church at Thessalonica, he speaks those words to each one of us. You've been called. You've been saved. You've been chosen by grace through faith and nothing of your own efforts because Christ and the Father love you. Christian stewardship is really simply the picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it affects each one of us and then our response. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for each one of us to express our thankfulness to God and to allow those works to continue to be in us. It is an opportunity to respond, but please remember this. Stewardship is not an opportunity or an obligation. You see, Jesus took our obligations on the cross and died with them. He now, though, and gives us the power and embodies us to be everything we can be through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we are. Christ has set us free with all of the blessings and all of the benefits he's won for us on the cross. 
Would you look at that same text, that page 9, and would you respond with me as I read verses 16 and verse 17? Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.